the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vaches. I don't have to show you any stinking vaches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two underway, the Chris Salcedo Show. You know, we didn't do the flip around the first hour, so let's get to it at the top of the second hour. Starting on the flip around, we'll go with CNN first. Trump campaign, which I believe was non-existent. The Trump administration has been responding to all of this with its descriptors, witch hunt and hoax, even though now they are acknowledging that Russia meddled in the election. But the fact remains, these are very real investigations that are pushing forward into... That's Michelle Kaczynski. Uh, what Mr. Trump is making allusion to, and she should know this all too well, is the fact that he colluded with Russia in any of this. I don't think, even though he's been reluctant up until a few days ago to say that Russia actually tried to meddle in our elections, uh, what he calls fake news, what he says is a witch hunt, is the fact that he colluded with Russia to make this happen. That's what, that's what he's saying. And I'm not sure whether CNN is on purpose being that clueless or if they truly are that clueless. Because the president is saying what's fake is his culpability in all of this. If anything, it's the previous administration who bent over for Russia on so many occasions over the last eight years, which we'll detail here in a minute. But let's get over to, uh, where are we going next? Uh, MSNBS. Through on those. Uh, so maybe some of these lawmakers say, look, what are, what are the risks I have uh, to stand against a bill that is polling so poorly, uh, as Casey mentioned? And I think, um, you know, if pigs flew on Friday, that would be a big surprise. But uh, otherwise, I think this president <laughs> is probably trying to head, probably trying to head uh, on the path to try to sort of reinvent, resell uh, kind of whatever compromise they may be able to come up with. And if they can get a better CBO score, maybe sell it as a brand new start here. Uh, but I think it is interesting. You know, I covered Obama and he'd be often criticized by not getting out and selling uh, some of the legislation around the country. He certainly did a lot on health care. It was a long process. This is a very short process. Um, but the question is, is this president really going to get out and sell it? When you look back at the last few weeks, the president... Yeah, that's the Washington Post, David Nakamura. And uh, is he going to get out and sell it? There's nothing to sell yet. There's nothing to sell. Y- you know what? And, and you know what? There's still no final bill. Uh, the Senate bill has to go to the House and they have to conference and they got to put something together. How can he go out and sell something and not even know what the, the details are? Um, Cavuto is, <laughs> is detailing some of the, uh, I guess he's talking with the, the RNC chair right now. And they're talking about some of these protests in the Capitol. Let's, Let's, let's listen in. There are more protests, for example, around Capitol Hill today. Uh, and, and, again, the argument being that Republicans are out to destroy health care, kill hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, how do you counter these arguments that many in the press don't even try to check out, challenge, fact check, you name it? Well, I think we always have to remember the evolution of how we got here. It was the Democrats passing a bill, 30,000 pages of legislation with no Republican input. They said you can keep your doctor, 
Many people couldn't keep their doctor. They said you can keep your plan. That hasn't happened. Premiums have risen. They said it was going to be affordable. Now you have insurance uh, companies pulling out of marketplaces. Obamacare is failing. And we got here because Democrats put something in place that wasn't sustainable. Well, that's true. That's the whole reason why we're going through all of this. Uh, there's a headline that just flashed across MSNBS, too, folks, that some Republicans are saying uh, they ought to team up with Democrats to come up with a solution. I was just joking a minute ago, and then all of a sudden that headline pops up. So, yeah, let's go ahead and do a deal with the same people who ruined the health insurance industry and ruined health care in this country eight years ago. Let's team up with those folks because they, they ought to know. Because they were reaching out to Republicans so much when they had a supermajority, didn't they? Oh, yes, that's right. Not one single Republican idea got into the Obamacare law. Give me a break. I just, see, I, I don't know, folks. The more I think about this, the more I'm leaning toward just let the thing implode. Let it implode. There is, there is no culpability the Republicans have for anything the Democrats have done. It's a Democrat bill. It's a Democrat law. Let it, let it do the damage that we all know it's going to do. That way, nobody will ever be tempted again to vote for a Democrat. But I have a sneaking suspicion the whole big push... Under the guise of, oh, we must get something done because we promised the American people. What good is it if it's the wrong thing? What good of it? What, what good is it going to do us if the Republicans are saying, you know what? We're going to take the heat off the Democrats. We're going to own a debacle of health care, just like the Democrats have done for the last eight years. But see, the difference between what will happen to the Republican Party and what happened to the Democrat Party is you had a the basket of bias press that was dedicated not to covering all of the pain the American people were going through, inspired by the Democrat Party. But they will be all too happy to report about it if it, if it has Republican fingerprints on it. Right now, the law of the land doesn't have one Republican fingerprint on it. And unless you're going to do a repeal with a bill that has a sunset provision to, re, to resurrect the insurance market, and then get government out of it, it ain't worth doing. Nothing the Republicans are going to put together is worth doing. So that's just my take on that. Now, um, let me switch gears here because we started talking a little bit about what was going on in the Russia-Trump investigation. And you heard an allusion to that in the CNN flip around where individuals are starting to openly ask the question, wait a minute, if Obama knew about Russian interference and it was allegedly a big deal, why, why didn't anybody do anything about it? And Trump didn't have any power whatsoever. Now I had to laugh because Jake Tapper on CNN said, will he act? Will Trump act? He's talking about Trump. Will he act about what? Punishing Russia? Punishing Russia for trying to meddle? Where, where was the punishment for Russia when Obama knew it six months before the election? 
Why didn't he punish Russia then? Why is it, what, is it up to the grown-up to do it? Is that, is that what I'm to understand? Jake Tapper from CNN? Is it, is it up for the grown-up to do? Oh, but... All right, before I get into all of that, speaking of CNN, CNN, the reason why they, they allowed those journalists, I'm making air quotes with my fingers, journalists to resign... Uh, and retracted their story, it turns out they were threatened with a lawsuit. Uh, New York Post reporting, CNN faced $100 million lawsuit over botched Russia story. For libel. The specter of a $100 million libel lawsuit scared CNN into retracting their poor reporting. That slimed an ally of President Trump. Forcing staffers responsible for the post to resign. Now, by the way, I learned that these individuals over at CNN are still getting paid. (laughs) How the heck does that work? You know what? I, I guess the only thing that gets you fired from CNN without pay is if you take up a conservative cause or you report fairly. (laughs) <laughs> that's enough to get you thrown out in your ear and then you're, you've got nothing. So there's that. So that's what scared CNN to actually doing some real journalism for a change. And then, well, actually retracting their fake news or else that they would have left it up. If they hadn't been threatened with a lawsuit, they would have let the fake news ride because doing damage to Trump is the ultimate goal, right? Not fact. Not informing folks. And then there's the New York Times. From the Daily Caller. Sarah Palin is suing the New York Times for defamation. According to documents filed in federal court Tuesday that were obtained by the Daily Caller. The lawsuit has to deal uh, deal with an editorial that ran the New York Times on June 14th that falsely smeared Palin as inciting the 2011 shooting of Gabby Giffords, a Democratic congresswoman, by a mentally ill man who, and I'll add this, who happened to be a communist, who happened to be a lefty. Anywho, so we talked about this at the time, the smearing of Sarah, and I think one of the more high-profile guys encouraging Palin to sue was, was Rush. Limbaugh wanted her to sue, I guess, After seeing what happened over at CNN, a threat of a lawsuit scaring them straight, she decides that she's going to sue the New York Times for defaming her. And I think I think she's got a case. And I think and I think the New York Times should be raked over the coals. Because we played this for you guys yesterday with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That this is this is where the press expects Republicans to be. Um, the target of this, one of the targets of the story, except the apology, the president went on Twitter this morning and repeated that CNN was fake news. Why isn't their response good enough for the president? Yeah. Uh, you, in case you guys couldn't hear it, this alleged reporter was saying that the target of the CNN story that was libeled by the CNN story uh accepted their apology and their retraction of, and I don't even think they apologized, accepted their retraction at face value, and that was good enough for him. And that's what Republicans are supposed to do. 
Republicans are supposed to allow the biased press to kick them in the teeth, kick them in the private parts, and then just say, oh, that's okay. If you, as long as you admit it was your bad, then fine. And not retaliate. And not, and not get justice for being wronged. Now, now, now when, when Democrats or liberals are allegedly wronged by the likes of Fox News or conservative media, oh, well, you know, throw the book at them. But Republicans are supposed to be the grown-ups and just let bygones be bygones and then let these same people go back so they can continue to skewer Republicans and conservatives. But Trump isn't that kind of guy. He's going to go after you. And, and apparently Palin is taking a page out of that playbook and saying, you want to screw with my reputation? You want to publish fake news about me? You're going to pay a price. Because that's wrong. It's illegal. It's wrong. And you can go ahead and continue that practice, but it's going to cost you. It's the Salcedo Show. I'll be back in a minute. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up, our pals at Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton will be along and we'll ask him about, well, not only the, 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 the victory for the president on the temporary travel ban, but also we'll, we'll ask him about these documents that the Obama presidential library appear to be hiding from the American people that may show that certain Obama administration officials illegally, improperly unmasked Trump campaign officials for politics. So we'll ask uh, Tom from Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton, about their investigation into that. Meantime, the, the whole Russia probe, I, I am hearing and I am feeling a bit of a change. And every single time I get excited about this, that maybe our our side, the conservatives and the Republicans are starting to get a backbone and starting to point the finger where it actually belongs. I get disappointed. They back off and and nothing gets nothing gets accomplished. It's still Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump, Russia, 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 Trump, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. That's a, I mean, that that's what we've been subject to. These last, what, six, seven months now. But there is a narrative that's creeping in, and it was courtesy. We played the soundbite for you guys last week. It was courtesy of Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, who asked a rather pointed question. Why'd you guys wait so long? He was talking to Jay Johnson. Why'd you wait so long? Uh, you guys knew in the summer, and you waited till October before you announced to the American people that the Russians were trying to interfere, which, again, it's not breaking news. They try to interfere every election. It's not major news. But see, the, what the basket of biased press is having a problem with and what 
the former administration and Democrats are having a problem with is that right now they're saying it was the worst possible thing that could have happened in world history, the Russians interfering with our elections. And if that was the case, then why didn't Obama act? If it was the worst possible thing ever, then why didn't Obama act? And where's his culpability? And where are the Democrats who were left behind? The Obama holdovers. Where is their culpability? You know, we told you last week that Newt got in, I think he was talking with the Daily Caller and Exclusive, and said the fix is in. There will be a scalp in the Mueller investigation, in the special counsel investigation. It'll most likely be Flynn. But there will be a scalp, and it will have nothing to do with collusion or obstruction or any of this kind of stuff. It'll be something completely tangent, tangential. Uh, maybe even not even related at all. But anyway, so Newt said that. The fix is in. Somebody is going to get hung out the drive for this, and it most likely won't be the president because he didn't do anything wrong. And, and, and now evidence is showing that definitively or lack thereof. But here comes Newt Gingrich telling Fox News Channel that if America really wants to know about what failure looks like, in protecting the United States of America from Russia, they don't need to look at Trump. Trump wasn't in charge when all this was going on. The guy who was in charge, a guy by the name of Resident Obama. Well, let me, let me draw a distinction. I, I think you're right, and I think, frankly, we were not very smart. Uh, I mean, Jay Johnson put it right yesterday. Remember, for Jay Johnson to say the Russians had successfully done something, he had to say he failed as yes. Homeland Security Chief. Uh, and so we, we, we should have turned it back on the Obama administration from day one and said, are you telling us that you were so incompetent that for six months the Russians were doing something and you didn't know it? I think they, they would have to have said, oh, no, you know, we're not that incompetent. Mm -hmm. So I think Jay Johnson was one more, and he was a very competent guy. I think he's one more brick, if you'll put it, in that wall. Here's the problem. Mueller, who's hiring liberal Democrats, uh, as the lawyers, who came from a law firm which gave, think about this number, gave 0 0.19%, 0 0.19 of 1% of its donations went to Trump. 99.81% went to Hillary. What could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? By the way, as we're talking about those investigating Trump, a uh, very observant Salcedo Show listener tweeted this out and I had to repeat it. Attention to the folks at CNN. Those who are or who have been under investigation, the former Attorney General Lynch, Andrew McCabe. Do you guys know Andrew McCabe, the acting FBI director, is under investigation? Internal investigation? Three of them inside of the FBI. Senator Sanders and his wife under investigation. Hillary, Hillary Clinton was under criminal investigation. The only thing we have that indicates that Trump may be under investigation is an uncorroborated Washington Post story that nobody is backing up, that there's no proof of. So Trump, as far as we know, is not under investigation, but all those other libs are. Last thing, Newt telling Fox News Channel that somebody's going to be called to testify in all this. And this is why I think it might be backfiring on the libs. Here's that somebody. Because guess what's about to happen? The Congress is about to have to call Barack Obama in to testify under oath about when he knew about Russian meddling. Was it really last August, as the news stories say? Who told him? Why did he do nothing? 
Yeah. Why did he do nothing? That's the big story. Uh, we'll talk to Tom Fitton coming up. And a member of Congress, a Republican, wants to give a housing allowance to elected leaders. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up with the Chris Salcedo Show, a Republican wants to gift elected leaders $2,500 in a housing allowance. We'll get to that after we talk to our next guest, Tom Fitton, joining me now. He's the president of Judicial Watch. Founded in 1994, Judicial Watch Incorporated is a constitutionally conservative, nonpartisan, educational foundation that promotes transparency, accountability, and integrity in government, politics, and the law. Oh, so needed these days. Uh, Judicial Watch is perhaps the most active freedom of information request or and litigator operating today. Tom, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, Chris, good to be with you again. Thank you. Uh, first off, uh, before we get to one of the big reasons I wanted to bring you on, I wanted to get your overall impression of this Supreme Court ruling that was handed down yesterday, basically allowing the Trump administration to go ahead with their temporary travel ban. Your thoughts? Uh, it's a pretty darn good decision in the sense that it reaffirmed uh, the rule of law and the president's ability under the law uh, to uh, protect the safety of Americans uh, by keeping certain categories of aliens uh, away from the country. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a loophole there where the individuals uh, who supposedly have a bona fide relationship to the United States are exempt from the ban, that which has been reinstated, at least for now, by the court. So that's going to have to be fought over. Uh, but it certainly augurs well for the president to take some additional steps uh, to make sure uh, terrorists uh, from countries that are completely out of control uh, aren't, ever, aren't able to enter the United States. You know, I, I was struck by the complete abandonment of the rule of law by those who have a political agenda who really have a personal animus toward this president. In particular, I'm referring to these lower court judges who neglected the law, neglected the actual text of the of the temporary ban, the order, the executive order, and instead looked at tweets and instead looked at campaign rhetoric to make their decision. It seems they relied on everything but the law and the facts of the executive order, and I don't understand on what basis they are able to do this. Well, what was interesting is you had all these lower court decisions, especially in the Ninth Circuit, uh, basically mock the president. Uh, and make a mockery, as you point out, of the constitutional separation of powers. But not one justice bought into uh, that. And, uh, you know, on the on the rulings below that prevented the president essentially from doing anything, all the justices reversed. So, um, you know, a nine-to-nothing nine victory for the president on this key issue is substantial, not only for him, obviously, uh, but it's a significant blow to the anti-Trumpers on the courts, the wannabe politicians and the judiciary, uh, that if they are really wannabe politicians, they shouldn't be in the judiciary at all. 
<laughs> That's true. Tom Fitton, our guest right now of Judicial Watch, folks. He is the founder of Judicial Watch back in 1994. Now, you guys broke some news. This was uh, We talked about it when it came out, but it, it just took us this long to get you on to talk about it. This was a, a couple of days ago, where it seems that the former administration, uh, which we were told, Tom, you remember, and, and at nauseum we were told by those in the in the biased press and those in the administration that they were the most transparent administration in American history, which many of those of us who knew better would would often chuckle at. But there is there is documentation that the the Obama administration has that could shed light on the improper and perhaps illegal unmasking of of individuals inside of the Trump campaign for political purposes. And those documents will not be seen by you or I. Explain to the folks how this came to be. Well, it's interesting. We asked National Security Council under the FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, for records about Susan Rice's unmasking. We've all heard about that. The Russia collusion issue, the DNC hack. And uh, the National Security Council provides support to the president at the White House for national security, as you know. Uh, we got an interesting letter in response saying, well, those are Obama presidential records that have been sent to the Obama presidential library. And the letter said, here's the address of the library, and they gave us the phone number and the email address. Well, you know, what happens is after the White House, after an administration leaves office, the White House, the records of that administration are archived with the archivists in the presidential library, and typically they're not available to the public until at least five years after the president leaves office. And uh, But in the meantime, you know, we've highlighted where they are. Uh, we're thinking of other ways to get them, but the president can get the records. Congress can get the records. Um, anyone with a subpoena, an appropriate subpoena, can get the records. So in the least, we now know where there's a good grunt, where the records are, and I wonder when those records were moved and whether anyone in the old Trump White House was told about it as it was taking place, because, you know, I would presume that people in the Trump White House would have wanted to keep certain records, especially given the ongoing uh, issues with, uh, you know, the whole Russia scandal and the, and the collusion allegations. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And, you know, I'm reminded of the last Democrat administration, uh, a guy that has been not so affectionately referred to as Sandy Burglar, who is sadly no longer with us. He has passed away. But here's a guy that broke in and stole documentation from uh, from the federal government that would have possibly cast a negative light on the Clinton's administration's handling of terrorism. And, he, and it is alleged that he broke in, stole that document, and just it just took it away and it just spirited it away and nobody knows where that document went he took it out in his pants if memory serves so it seems to me well and you tell me is this action taken by the obama presidential library unusual for them to spirit away all of these documents out of the archives and in immediately into the presidential library depends on the timing. It depends on whether uh, the records were uh, appropriately handled. You know, one of the issues is that under the Presidential Records Act, when a president leaves office, they can, they can designate records as presidential records, and meaning the other records they designate as personal. I'd like to know what President Obama took with him outside the White House, you know, after he left. And, uh, you know, those are the sorts of questions we'll be asking and following up. Right. And uh, do you anticipate members of Congress or the administration to actually subpoena some of these uh, subpoena some of these records that are in the possession now of the Obama presidential library? 
Uh, if they're smart, they will. Uh, I don't even know if they need a subpoena. Uh, they can just get them and ask for them. Uh, yeah. But uh, they should do what they need to do to secure, review, and disclose where appropriate the records. Last question I have for you. What do you think those records might reveal? Do you think that they might show improper uh, uh, behavior by the Trump administration, by the Obama administration, rather, to surveil Trump campaign officials for politics' sake? Well, the descriptions of the behavior and what we know publicly about the behavior, uh, we already know it's improper enough. And the question is uh, what the records will show that will confirm that. Well, God bless you guys. Uh, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, you guys are on the front lines every single day trying to bring some accountability, previous administration, and yes, to the current administration as well. Uh, where can folks go if they want to, to support the good work you guys do at Judicial Watch? Uh, they can go to our website, obviously, at judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter and you know, all the social media platforms. But, you know, they can look at the documents we've been talking about. Plus, they can um, uh, support our great work. Yeah, well, Tom, uh, look, uh, the, the, the more you guys uncover... And if you guys want to get the get the word out, especially the folks here in Texas and uh, across uh, the blaze, the Salcedo Show has three platforms that we broadcast on. Please call us up. Well, we, we love the work you guys do and we'll support it as best we can. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Chris. All right, folks, uh, before we go to break, some of you inquiring about Andrew McCabe, the guy who is currently running the FBI, the guy whose wife was a Democrat and. Uh, by, by the way, one of those investigations that he's under is, is surrounding that, I do believe. Let me read from Circa News. Acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, a central player in the Russia election case, is the focus of three separate federal administrative inquiries into allegations about his behavior as a senior bureau executive, according to documents and interviews. The allegations being reviewed range from sexual discrimination to improper political activity. The document show. So uh, you guys can find that on the Chris Alcedo Show Facebook page, where I have also posted maybe the reason why so many Democrats are so upset and so many liberals are storming Capitol Hill is that, uh, well, I, I posted this chart from Families USA, which is, I believe Families USA is a left-leaning group, but they show Obama's expansion of Medicaid. And in California and New York alone, do you know how many more people were added to the Medicaid rolls just in those two states? 5.6 million folks. Just in those states. I didn't include uh, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. You add those up, it's going to be a lot, a lot more. But now you understand why so many progressives and liberals are out of their minds. Uh, because they were allowed to jump onto Medicaid and have their medical care paid for by somebody else. And they were improperly allowed to do that because Medicaid wasn't supposed to be for them. But Obama made it so. And that's why they're so upset that now the grown-ups are coming in saying, sorry, you can't have this stuff paid for by your neighbor anymore. And they're rioting. Uh, coming up next, a Republican lawmaker thinks this would be a great idea. Why don't we give members of Congress who make $174,000 a year, why don't we give them $2,500 per month for a housing allowance? Because, you know, 
it's really expensive to live in Washington, D.C. I have a few things to say about this. Coming up on the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show. Ellie, do you know who Republican Congressman Jason Chaffetz is? No, I do not. He is a Republican from Utah. All right. Uh, And uh, he is retiring from Congress. And we really don't know why. He just says, well, I guess the official reason, I want to spend some more time with his family. And I I can take him at face value. Uh, As he's leaving, though, he thinks it'd be a good idea. Just days before he resigns from Congress... Representative Jason Chaffetz, Republican from Utah, said that the House and Senate lawmakers should receive $2,500 a month for a housing allowance. Something he explained would help ease housing costs for members who can't afford two mortgages or rents. Now look, uh, where do I begin? Uh... There is communal living. Jason Chaffetz, you guys, uh, why don't you and, and several of your GOP lawmaker pals uh, rent a house together to, to, to stretch out, to expand your $174,000 annual salary? Not to mention your personal investments. And I mean, heck, Harry Reid came in dirt poor and, and retired a millionaire from Congress. So we know there's tons of money there. Isn't that correct? So, and I understand it's very expensive to live in Washington, D.C., as it's the center of, of politics, center of the world, and by many estimates, a lot of, lot, lot of horse trading going on from all over the world in Washington, D.C., and so it makes property values. It's, it is it is been rated the most expensive place in the United States to live, is Washington, D.C. I get all of that. But, Mr. Chaffetz, if you find the rents too expensive inside of Washington, D.C., I mean, I mean, uh, Harry Reid lived in um, a high-rise hotel on, uh, and we all assumed on taxpayers, taxpayers' money. Um, why don't you head out? I've, I've lived in Virginia. I lived in a place called Springfield outside of the nation's capital. The property values there are a lot less expensive. Commute. Why don't you? West Virginia is, the western part of Virginia is beautiful. Grass laid out like carpet out that way. A lot less expensive out that way. You and three or four or five of your GOP buddies bunk up in a four or five bedroom house. And that way, and then commute in, get up early and commute in for about an hour and a half the way, the way the rest of America does. You know, why don't you, and now look, you've already got a $174,000 head start <laughs> on a lot of people. So why don't you just, you do what we all have to do 
why don't you live in the world that you create for the rest of us? Now, I expect, now I got to be honest with you, I expected this kind of buffoonery from a Democrat. But I, I guess it's the reason, a good reason why Jason Chaffetz is heading out the door. <laughs> yeah, on my way out, let me, let me tell you what I really feel. Because as a Republican, I don't think if he was going to stay and, re-elected, he'd, and be reelected, he'd be able to get away with proposing something like this. It's absolutely ridiculous. Most Americans are having a hard time making ends meet with your party, Jason Chaffetz, inability to rid us of Obamacare, to get rid of Obama's high taxes, to get rid of all of the exorbitant spending of Capitol Hill, and then you have the audacity to propose the American people digging deep into their wallets and providing members of Congress with $2,500 per month for a housing allowance? Talk about tone deaf. That's going to do it for the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. See you back here tomorrow. Remember, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a grand day. Back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 